peanuts are so delicious. You can eat them jumbo size like I do on a daily basis. You can also make butter out of them for sandwiches. But many people have severe allergies to peanuts as well. Peanut allergies are among the most common and dangerous of allergies. Some individuals are so sensitive to peanuts that they need to ensure their foods were prepared or packaged in a peanut-free factory. But an experimental skin patch is being developed to help. There is no cure for peanut allergies, but in preliminary testing, this patch has allowed toddlers with severe allergies to safely eat more peanuts. There's still a whole lot of testing left to go, but this patch can go a long way to protecting people with peanut allergies. Similar to peanuts, sin can be subtle and life-threatening. Ask the Lord to protect you from sin's destruction. Be patient. The cure for all sin will one day come. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story with you that's all about Jesus. And on this Wednesday... We're continuing in a series called The Living Lord. Easter may have been last month, but it's too important to restrict to just one day a year. In fact, most Christians stopped the weekly celebration of creation on the Jewish Sabbath or Saturday, the last day of the week, and began to weekly celebrate Jesus' Resurrection Sunday, the first day of the week. Moving from remembering creation to now remembering the recreation we have in Jesus Christ, there is a sense in which we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus every week. But we still give emphasis to this great event at the end of Passion Week or Suffering Week that concludes with what we now call Good Friday and Easter. Just as we have the seven sayings of Jesus on the cross, there are also seven sayings of the risen Lord. And that's why we're doing a series this week called The Living Lord. It was a significant time, what Jesus taught and did for 40 days, from his resurrection from the dead to his ascension in heaven. There is mystery, but there is majesty about these last 40 days of our Lord upon this earth. After his resurrection from the dead, Jesus remained on earth long enough to appear to his disciples at least 10 times and to assure them that he was truly alive. And on our time together, I want us to see how the living Lord honors devotion to those who know him. And knowing the living Lord is exactly what we've been thinking about the past two weeks on the program. And we've been doing that in light of the TV series about Jesus called The Chosen. We've been hearing from so many listeners who love this series, and we wanted to talk with a fan once again. So joining us on the program for the very first time is Shelley Wyman. Shelley, welcome to Haven Today. Thank you, Charles. It's good to be here. When did you first start watching The Chosen, and what drew you into watching that series? It's been a while, because I remember way back when season one came out. I don't even remember how we heard about it, but I remember us finding it and and then loving it, like hooked from the beginning. Shelley, what do you like the most about The Chosen? It actually made me want to go back and and read the stories and see like how close are they like you know like because I'd see more detail that I maybe hadn't read about. I'm definitely a visual person, and so it kind of would bring things to life for me more. And so um, it made me want to go back to the Bible and like, oh, is this like was that in there? And then I find, oh yeah, it was, or or no, it's just 
the, you know, them being creative. And I, I think that's okay too. There may be some on the fence about the series. You've seen all three seasons now, but what would you say to someone to encourage them to watch The Chosen? Um, I would say just go for it. I think it's a well-done program. I think it brings really the human emotion into the Bible. You know, you'd read some of this, you you know, in the Bible, it may say like um, they dropped their nets and followed him. And here you see like, oh, they really had to like leave everything or, um, you know, when he calms the storm and like really seeing the storm that, that they were in and like scary and it was really cool to see it all just sort of brought to life. It really made it more real. So I would definitely encourage people to go watch it. That's Shelley Wyman in California. Thanks for joining me here on Haven Today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, after the program, I want to invite you to join Shelley and millions of others who've watched The Chosen and get seasons one through three on DVD by making at least a minimum gift to our ministry. Not only will this series be a great way to remind yourself of the story of Jesus, it's also a great way to introduce someone at Christ's story for the very first time. So, I invite you to our website after the program. You can watch clips from the series, as well as interviews we've done with the show's creator, Dallas Jenkins. And then you can make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Or you can call us at 800 800- 65 Haven, 865 Haven. And if you just want to get the new season three on DVD, we have that for your gift as well. Now we're going to open the program with Aaron Schust. The head that once was crowned with thorns is crowned with glory now. The Savior knelt to wash our feet Now at His feet we bow Your name, Your name is victory All praise will rise to Christ our King The fear that held us
Well on. Resurrecting. Present tense. Aaron Schust opening this haven today. I'm Charles Morris and a program called The Living Lord. As I've already said this week, Jesus' first resurrection appearance was to Mary Magdalene. It's recorded at length in John 20, 1 through 18. Christ's followers were in great despair. They were still drooping in the darkness of the Black Friday of Crucifixion Day. On that day, they saw Jesus die, and many of them thought Christianity died with them. Against his tomb, the large, dark stone of despair had been rolled and sealed. In spite of what Jesus had predicted, no one expected him to conquer death and come back alive. In my lifetime, I recall a band of Orthodox Jews. They were convinced their rabbi, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, was the Messiah. He had founded a great movement that's still going today called Shabbat Lubavitch, but he died. And for months, followers gathered at his tomb in Brooklyn, awaiting his resurrection. It's never happened. But with Jesus, that's another story. Jesus was buried so hastily that Mary Magdalene and the other women didn't get to anoint his body with spices. No embalming those days outside Egypt. The Jews required that he be buried before sundown on that Friday when the Jewish Shabbat began. They had no difficulty killing Jesus, but they couldn't have dead bodies desecrating their Sabbath. And when the Sabbath ended at sundown Saturday, the women purchased and prepared their spices. It was dark by the time the spices were prepared. Probably the women had trouble sleeping that night and the next And now, early on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb. The gospel writers record the time. Mark says it was very early on the first day of the week. Matthew says it was after the Sabbath, as the first day was dawning. Luke says it was on the first day at early dawn. John says it was on the first day while it was still dark. I'm sure Mary Magdalene's heart was even darker than the pre-dawn darkness. She was in despair when she first met Jesus. Both Mark and Luke report that Jesus cast seven demons out of her. In the Bible, the number seven is a number of completion. It's a superlative, an intense way of showing the completeness of her possession by those demons. 
We aren't told when or where this deliverance happened, but thankfully it did. Jesus met her, and Jesus set her free. Perhaps Mary was thinking back to that darkness that engulfed her before she met her Lord. Her life had been one of darkness, and yes, I'll use the word again, despair. Then Jesus came, and he brought light and life. But now he was dead, and the despair returned. But remember, I wanted to talk about devotion with those who follow Christ. She had stood in the center of all the accounts of the crucifixion and the resurrection. She was there at the cross when Jesus died. Mark 15, some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, the younger, and Salome. She was there when they laid Jesus in the tomb, still Mark 15, and Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. She probably watched as Nicodemus and Joseph wrapped Jesus' body and placed it in Joseph's tomb. She saw the stone rolled across the entrance to the tomb. The great preacher and commentator G. Campbell Morgan thought that Matthew's account indicated that Jesus lay in the grave one whole night before the guard was set. He concludes the Jewish authorities violated their Sabbath rule by going to Pilate on the Sabbath asking for a guard to be set at the tomb. He even thinks that Mary Magdalene stayed by the tomb all night. How amazing. Can you imagine spending the night in a cemetery? Her experience must have been fearful. Her freedom from demon mastery had been due to him, but now he was dead. Would she ever be safe again? Were the laughing demons waiting to come back to take possession of her once more? G. Campbell Morgan says, During the night, all hell got up and looked at Mary Magdalene. But you can't help but think she felt safer by his dead body than anywhere else. Later she did leave the tomb, only to return quickly with the spices brought in love, and they were symbols of her devotion. So outside the tomb, there was despair and devotion. But inside the tomb, something divine and dynamic was taking place. The cold, shrouded body in Jesus' new tomb was about to receive the full life of God poured back, and it began at dawn. We don't know exactly how or when the resurrection of Jesus took place. Probably sometime after midnight and before sunrise on Sunday morning, Jesus rose from the dead to live forever. We have no historic account of the rising of Jesus, but the preacher Morgan, who pastored many years in London, says it is quite evident that no eye watched him as he came to life and left the tomb. In the darkness of that silent tomb, Jesus stirred himself. He had told the Jews in John 2, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. John notes that he spoke of the temple of his body. He had said, I lay down my life that I may take it again. No person takes it from me, but I lay it down myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. That's in John 10. At Pentecost, Peter preached that you put him to death, but God raised him from the dead. It was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Defeat is not part of God's schedule. As somebody once said, after man had done his worst on Friday, 
God did his best on Sunday. Mary's devotion was rewarded. She was the first to discover the empty tomb and meet the risen Lord, her Lord. But this only added to her despair, for at first she thought grave robbers had stolen his body to desecrate it. She ran to Peter and John with her discovery and her false conclusion. They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have laid him. Immediately, you know what happened. Peter and John ran to the tomb. John, much younger, ran faster, got there first. Mary Magdalene followed them, and she was sobbing in her sorrow. But then she looked into the tomb. She saw two angels in white. Matthew records that there had been a great earthquake, and an angel of the Lord rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. She is not startled by this vision or the voice she heard speaking. She poured out her agony, saying, They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. And then she turned and saw someone standing behind her. She thought it was the gardener. He asked the same question the angels asked her. Why do you weep? Whom do you seek? And her answer shows her love. Tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Devotion. But still there was her despair. And then the great discovery. That which follows defies interpretation. You have to read it with reverent imagination. The supposed gardener speaking a single word. And what was that single word he spoke? It was her name. He called out, Mary. And then she knew. It was her Lord, the risen Lord. And she called back with a single word, Master. This may be the greatest recognition seen in all of history. John may have been the first to understand that Jesus was alive, but Mary was the first to see the risen Lord. The love and the devotion of one who owed everything to Jesus and who knew it. And it's of great significance that the first appearance of Jesus was to one whose only claim was love. He told her not to cling to him. He was going back to the Father, and then she would discover their new relationship. Don't hold on to me yourself selfishly. Go tell the good news of my resurrection to the disciples and then to the world. What happened that day transformed Mary and all the disciples. Only the resurrection can explain the change in the disciples from cringing cowards to fearless witnesses. Their experience is the essence of Christianity. A Christian who is one who not only knows about Jesus, but knows Jesus personally. Today, the proof of the resurrection is a personal experience with the living Lord. I grew up singing that line from the hymn, You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. That joy through devotion has to be shared. So today, our living Lord is still eager to honor devotion and love. Have you met Jesus? Do you know him? Do you love him? You can today, now, and the risen Jesus Christ will honor your faith and your love. I serve a risen Savior, He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say.
I see his hand of mercy I hear his voice of cheer And just the time I need him He is always near He lives, he lives Christ Jesus lives today He walks with me and talks with me Along life's narrow way He lives, He lives Salvation to impart You ask me how I know He lives He lives within my heart Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian Lift up your voice and sing Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King, the hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find. The mother is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. Because he of the hymn I quoted a moment ago, He Lives, and Because He Lives by Salem, here on this haven today. I never grow tired of hearing about the life of Christ. His story in the gospel is like a diamond that every time I look at it, I see something new. As we read the gospel narratives, we grow in our understanding and love for our Savior. So when I heard about the Chosen TV series, I was both worried but also excited. Would they get it right? Would it minister to me? And after watching it, 
I have to answer yes to both questions. From Ben-Hur to the Jesus film, movies have been made about Jesus by non-Christians. You heard me right. Ben-Hur was a major Hollywood production, but it still spoke to me. The Jesus film was not written by a Christian, but the screenwriter stayed faithful to the gospel text. So you can imagine my excitement when I met Dallas Jenkins and we talked about The Chosen the first time. He's an evangelical Christian. He hired evangelical Christian writers to create a TV show all about Jesus. And yes, they do use a little holy imagination to think about the context of the first century. They take some educated guesses about what Peter or Mary Magdalene and other disciples of Christ were like between the lines of Scripture. But just like your pastor does when he's preaching, they're trying to help you better understand what it was like in the first century in order to better understand the gospel narrative. This series will be encouraging for you. It'll be a great evangelism tool for those you want to share the story of Jesus with. So for your generous gift to this listener-supported ministry, I want to send you right away all three seasons on DVD of The Chosen. You can go visit our website, watch some of the excerpts from The Chosen, take a look at the video interview that I shot with Dallas, and make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Or call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. And if you just want to get the new Season 3 on DVD, we have that for your gift as well. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Sometimes we know the Lord is calling us somewhere and we just don't want to go. Jonah the prophet was called to preach to the people of Nineveh, a city known for its wickedness, but he didn't want to go. He even tried to run away. But God pursued Jonah and turned him back. And when Jonah finally delivered God's message, the people of Nineveh repented. It reminds me that Christ's grace is not limited by our prejudices or preferences. He wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. All means all, even you. No one is too far away from the Lord and his great love and abounding mercy. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit getanchor.com.